Grizzlies under 500 for the first time in a year. We'll talk about that. And a very frustrated Marcus Gasol. You'll hear all of his comments in their entirety next as you listen to Locked on Grizzlies. Hi, everybody. Welcome into Locked on Grizzlies for this Monday. My name is Peter Edmiston, and uh, I wish I was coming to you with some better news, to be honest, but I... I gotta, I gotta break it down. You know, we gotta, we gotta be real. We keep it real on this podcast. And what's really going on is uh, a bit of a, it's not a crisis. I don't think that's the right word, but we've got uh, some problems and things are, are getting worse rather than, than better. Uh, it was all kind of exacerbated by a really good Houston team playing its second game with Chris Paul back. And it was pretty clear that that group was, they were really dangerous. And particularly for, for a team like the Grizzlies that was experiencing some serious defensive lapses and then a second half of just anemic and horrendous offense, that was a bad combination and a bad time for the Grizzlies to see a team like the Rockets. 105-83 was the final, and uh, it was... Really a night where Houston just got a lot of good looks. And the Grizzlies got a few good looks, missed most of them, and then just kind of went into a complete funk in in the second half. And it was a frustrating night for David Fisdale. Frustrating night, I mean, first of all, on a very minor note, officiating this game was insane. Highlighted by the bizarre technical foul called by referee Tony Brown when Marcus all kicked Clint Capella's shoe out of the way. The explanation given to uh, Gasol afterwards was that Capella was trying to reach for the shoe and by kicking it away that was unsportsmanlike conduct because he was trying to get the shoe. Well, first of all, he wasn't trying to get the shoe. If you go back and watch the video, he wasn't. Second of all, so what? You you can't play basketball with a shoe sitting on the court. You're going to hurt yourself. Somebody's going to turn an ankle. So smartly, Mark is like, all right, let's get this thing out of the way. Let's go on. And that's called a foul. A technical foul. I mean, it's just crazy. It's crazy. Like that's, that's, a, that's a stupid, stupid call from a referee that really had a bad night. Compounded by, uh, I guess, a couple plays later when... Chandler Parsons sort of waves his hand in the general direction of James Harden, and I think he may have grazed his beard. That was called a foul in what was one of the more egregious flops you'll ever see. Uh, one that certainly, if if do they fine for flops anymore? Have we have we just stopped doing that? We 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 probably just stopped doing that. If if they do, this is a stone cold lock for an easy flop fine from Harden who had a great night in so many ways, but is still unbelievably annoying to deal with. And hard, if you are anything other than a Rockets fan, hard to really get behind and enjoy. That said, the Grizzlies were mostly the architects of their own downfall. Listen, it's not surprising. I mean, you're playing now without Mike Conley, and we... Haven't really had a chance to talk too much uh, about Conley's situation, so let me uh, kind of address that before we get too deeply into the the Rockets game and some of the comments that, that Marcus all made. Um, 
it, it's a it's a bad it's a bad situation, but it's something that that we discussed here on the pod last week, maybe even the week before. When when Mike was going through this stuff, you know he's had to kill these problems before, and you you see a sore Achilles, and it, it worries you. And you see the the stuff with Richard Sherman in the NFL talking about his Achilles being sore for a long time, and then that thing finally popped when he was out in the field. And it's a different sport and different you know um, movements and that kind of thing. But it, but nonetheless, it still makes you think going through that and, and Mike was, you know, experiencing some excruciating pain. So the Grizzlies um, decide essentially to shut him down for a little while. They'll reevaluate in uh, about a week and a half. And yeah, you know, that is by no means a guarantee that he will be back. That's just a reevaluation. Uh, I would suspect that, that he won't be back for uh, at least three or four weeks because I, I really think, at this stage, if you look at just kind of you know glance through, listen, I'm I'm no doctor. I went through and and looked at a lot of different treatment plans and uh, what was recommended, and what they say when you've got some severe uh, tendonitis in the Achilles tendon or you know tendinopathy as some call it, uh, and it's basically you know your your first prescription is rest, extreme rest, like you you cannot mess with it, let it flare kind of you know, let that thing flare up and then kind of ease back down and and he, he got it flared up now you're going to ease it back down and then you see where you're at after you hopefully allow it to rest and let the swelling go down and let the irritation go down maybe the inflammation kind of backs off a little bit and then you're able to make an assessment at that point maybe you do something else treatment wise or maybe he's he's good to go but I would think that he's going to be out for the better part of a month through a pretty busy time. And based on what we saw over the last couple of games, it is going to be uh, a severe problem without Mike Conley. It wasn't that great with Mike, let's remind ourselves. But even a diminished Mike Conley was still able to provide uh, a lot that you're just not seeing from Mario Chalmers. At the point guard position, which you're not seeing from Tyreek Evans, who himself was diminished on Saturday night with a case of the flu. You're just not seeing it from those guys defensively. Some real, real struggles starting to emerge. And it's understandable. It's understandable based on what we know about Mike. It's understandable based on what you kind of lineups you have to throw out there. Everything is is very much up in flux. You have so many different guys that are either coming off injury, coming back from injury, dealing with minutes restrictions. It just creates a chaotic situation with lineups for the Grizzlies right now. It's a really tough spot for David Fisdale to be in, and I, I don't I don't envy him. But that's the the nature of the business that that he finds himself in. And he's got to, to figure this thing out very quickly because right now he's got one very concerned 7-1 center in Marcus All, whose comments I thought were very interesting. It has been a tough run for the Grizzlies of late after the very bright start. Things have come back down to earth in a pretty solid way. Now they find themselves under 500, as I mentioned, for the first time in over a year since they were four and five, I think it was on November twelfth 
of last season. Uh, they've been over 500 or at 500 ever since, but now they are back down under at seven and eight. Over the first 10 ball games, the Grizzlies were the third best defense in the league with a defensive rating under 199.6 to be exact. But over the last five ball games, they have completely changed. They are now uh, over that stretch. They had a defensive rating of 111.6, which is, or 111.1, excuse me, which is 26th in the league. So you're third in that first 10 game stretch. And then over the last five, you've dropped completely off the radar to 26th. And again, you know, you could look on Saturday and it was both offense and defense that uh, was concerning for the Grizzlies. The offensive side, second half when you shoot 26% from the field, 13% from three, score 33 points, that's not going to get it done. But then defensively, you give up tons of threes. And more importantly, as uh, you view it on my Twitter, at Peter Edmiston, you can see some of the, the video breakdown um, that I did. Just a lot of confusion. A lot of confusion, a lot of missteps, a lot of you know guys, no chemistry, no connection, not playing well together, not communicating, missing screens, missing switches, getting all kinds of messed up. Stuff that, that you didn't really see early in the season and stuff that you didn't see from the Grizzlies uh, you know, for the last, I don't know, better part of a decade, really. You know, defense has never really been that big of an issue for this team, but it is a big one now, and it really concerns Mark Gasol. And so I wanted you guys to hear from Mark. Now, let me say this. First of all, Mark is by no means... Is he absolved of blame in this? He's had his own defensive issues throughout this stretch. And, you know, he's he's got got things that he needs to do. But you know, there are only there are only so many things that he can do, first of all, as a as a big defender. And you know, second of all, the guy's got a pedigree defensively. He is a former defensive player of the year. So there is there is that. There's a couple a couple of those things that, that will certainly factor in when you're dealing with him. And he's a leader on the team. He is the veteran presence now for sure that Mike Conley is uh, is out. He's the guy that that speaks for for everyone and he needs to lead and is being asked to lead. And here's the thing: the Grizzlies after the game on Saturday were very uh, unusual in their lateness and opening up their locker room. You know, normally they're, they're pretty on point. There are, there are protocols for this sort of thing. There's a 15-minute uh, cooling-off period that the NBA mandates, and then at that point, locker rooms are generally open. The Grizzlies are usually pretty good about doing it right around that, that time. And, um, you know, no big deal. But it was uh, quite a bit later than the normal when the Grizzlies opened up the locker room on Saturday kind of trying to figure out why. And one of the reasons may have been what you'll hear from Mark at some point in this this media scrum. And so I wanted you to, I wanted to play for you the entire thing. I could have edited it here and there and you know, maybe a few things could have 
could have been clear, but I think the whole tone is important for you. I think hearing the whole thing will help you to understand where Mark's at right now and why it, it, this felt like a little bit more of more than just a garden variety loss and a garden variety kind of post-game press availability. Mark is a frustrated guy and he's starting to question where this team is at right now and how far they've become unmoored from the stuff that he's used to seeing from this group. So listen to Mark and uh, I'll, like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll start it even, I'll even leave the pause at the very beginning when he took like four or five seconds to just kind of think collect his thoughts after he was asked the first question and then he goes into it so you'll hear some questions from me you'll hear some questions from some other folks but um this is pretty much i don't i think i don't think i've made a single edit to this thing so this is mark uh after the game on saturday uh, there's a few of them obviously um thing selfishness but not in a I don't want to think that it's in a bad way. Um, I don't think guys are being selfish um, intentionally, but uh, but they're thinking too much, or they're allowed to think too much on themselves um, than on the team. And, you know, we, we gotta get stops as a team. We gotta get um, good shots as a team. Um, you know, we don't do that. It's uh, ripple effect that it just you know it's hard to stop once you know. That you you allow some things um, to happen. Um, it's just it's just hard. It's hard. It's hard. Um, you know, different doesn't work if it's you know four out of five guys or three. I mean, most of the times it's two, but um, sometimes it's three. Sometimes it's four. Sometimes it's five guys. We get stops for maybe ten, twelve minutes, but um, it's not enough. It's not enough, and it's not, no consistency. So. It's going to be really hard to uh, to win consistently. Um, you know, you might win games every now and then. You might um, even stay at 500, uh, but that's that's not enough. That's not what we built here for um, 10 years. That's not that's not it. That's what we not. That's not what we stood for. Um, and uh, it, it's to me, it's, it's embarrassing and sad. Is it difficult to maintain? the positivity to feel to try to, to you know, keep going. Yeah, I mean, I went things. to the back and stood there for 20 minutes trying to think of what to, to say to you guys. And the only thing I can say is, um, is apologize. Apologize because that's not uh, what our fans are used to seeing. Um, and uh, and it's just, uh, you know, we got to figure out. Um, the only way I know how to do that is working, um, getting back to work, um, you know, helping the players. There's a lot of new guys um, that, that haven't been a part of this, um, but it's you know the mindset that we always had, uh, the kind of ability that we always had, the um, the mindset of a you know one-on-one challenge and, and trusting the guy behind you. Um, that right now it's it's not there. Um, and uh, that's that's the hardest hard, hard, hardest part for me to swallow, um, the the trust. I mean, you can deal with guys not knowing yet, or you know, yeah. 
but you want to see a little bit ahead, um, which I don't do often, and, uh, and, and and you need you know at least to have that that mindset of trying to learn and 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 and, uh, and, and being uh, you know team first and uh, executing simple plays. We have three plays, maybe four, um, so you know it's not that many to remember. Is this a, a test of the culture that you guys have built here over the years? And because there are a lot of new faces that haven't been. I don't recognize um, uh, what we built um, over so long, and, and 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 you know it might be time for you know for us to obviously you always got to have to evolve, and uh, you cannot play like you played in 2013. You got to evolve and, and adapt to the game, but there's some things that gotta gotta stick and and, and are necessary to win. Uh, and uh, right now, mm, that, that those are not there. Right now, we don't have those things, uh, and it's you know it's, it's holding your teammate arm and holding them accountable and, and, and helping them, and knowing that you have their back no matter what. And uh, we got to put the guys in, in that position, um, so trust is built. Um, and it, it, you know, basketball is a funny thing. You, if you do that, it normally takes care of you later on. Like you know, the guy that you had his back, next play he might have your back, and uh, you know. And most of the times, you will do that. It just happens that way. It's just the way basketball team and sports, you know, tend to do that. And we have to promote that. It's not something, you know, you have to reward it when it happens. And, uh, and I think you have to hold guys accountable when, uh, when those things don't happen. Uh, and right now, you know, I think too often it's um, not happening. Mark, what would you say is the biggest obstacle to kind of building the chemistry? Uh, that you that approximates what you remember. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I can't put my finger on one thing. I don't think it's one thing. I think it's um, multiple things that lead. You know, one they're all tied to each other. Um, what I tell you is that everybody has to look in the mirror uh, because that's how things get uh, solved. Um, you have to look in the mirror and, and and know what you need to do and do it every night and. and, and if you don't do your part, I don't care how many fingers we point at each other, that doesn't help. You got to do your part first. You got to be honest with yourself. If not. How much of this disconnect that you're describing is um, you know, related to the fact that you, know, you were trying to keep that second unit together for so long, waiting for the starters to come back, You know, this new rotation? Uh, is that factoring into this at all? Or? That sounds like, it, like an excuse to me. I mean, uh, it would. I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't. I never accepted those. I never. Doesn't matter. Like every any guy that plays in the game, win one minute, uh, which is really hard to play um, small minutes. And a lot of guys are being thrown from. You know, we have Jarrell that went from starting to the playing the G League last night. Um, a lot of guys are being shuffled and 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 in different positions, and it's hard. I understand that. Not all the guys are going to play. 35 minutes and, uh, and and they're gonna know exactly what minutes they're gonna play, but if you're thrown in the mix, you're expected to do something. That's play defense. That's the only thing that you can always can account for. It's having your guy one on one, um, communicating whatever action is happening, and uh, and and that you can do. We cannot ask everybody to make five threes a game. We cannot ask everybody to have zero turnovers, tennises. We cannot ask for that because there are games that, that those things are not gonna happen. But to have the responsibility defensively. That's just your job, man. Has, has this been coming? Was it exacerbated by Mike not being here? Has this stuff been coming? I think, I, think it, it, I think 
you know, while Mike was playing too, we had some of the same issues. Obviously, we have more consistency because um, with Mike, we've been playing um, a little bit longer, and, and, and he has, you know, obviously, um, he understands a little bit more, obviously, what, what, what we do, and it takes it probably more serious. Uh, so, you know, but you could see the last two games that we lost with Mike on, on the floor. Um, it was a build-up. Even when we were, sometimes when we win, like, these things happen, maybe not as often, or maybe are overseen, and, but you got to nip it in the bud and, 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 and don't allow it. To use terms like embarrassing and sad, to apologize for the effort, to you know, just say that, you know, that he doesn't recognize what's going on, what he's seen in the last little bit, he doesn't recognize what they've built in the last 10 years. This is a worrisome thing because if you lose mark then you're really really in trouble with with this group and you, you want to make sure mark mentally stays where he needs to stay so uh it is a challenge for david fisdale right now it's a challenge for those guys in the, in the locker room it's a challenge to get all this stuff together and it's not made any easier by the fact that you take on a, a very talented portland team uh, in the forum tonight where you know they they have the capability to run a lot of the same stuff that you saw from Houston that really befuddled the Grizzlies guards. Um, it did just, but no matter what they tried, wasn't much they could do. You know, you have Lillard, McCollum. These guys are very similar to what you, you can do with, you know, Chris Paul, James Harden. You know, both guys can, can really devastate you. Both guys can, can, take care of you with with threes you have to be determined you have to make sure that you take care of business all those sorts of things are real they are problematic for the grizzlies right now and they are taking on an opponent who can exploit that so you really you face what is probably the least ideal opponent in in this situation for them, and you know, you you have to, but that's that's the way it goes, man. You 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 got You got to play who you got to play. There, there were some some good things to take from the game, and uh, and and it's not. It wasn't completely all bad. There were some things that you that you probably would be happy to see if you're a Grizzly fan. Right out of the gate, you were shocked and I certainly was shocked to find out that Chandler Parsons was going to start that game on Saturday and and I have to say in terms of positivity there's a lot to like about Chandler Parsons he's playing more minutes now than he's played at any other time with the Grizzlies and he looks good you know, even though he struggled like everybody else did in the second half you know he he had such a good first half when he hits his first seven shots he's getting to the basket he is driving with force he is finishing well he looks confident he's doing all those things that you really love to see from him and you know he's he's still not and may never be the guy that you, you thought you were getting with a max contract but man this 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 particular version of Chandler Parsons who seems to be able to hold his own in, in at least in some matchups at the three and has been terrific as a small ball four, this guy is a player for you. He's not a max player, 
but he is a player, and that's a huge step forward compared to what he was last year when he was a disaster. So player, that's big, and that's valuable for for the Grizzlies. I think it was also good to see Jermichael Green's return, uh, and it really accelerated. In, in, in his first game back uh, Wednesday against the Pacers, it, it was he looked incredibly rusty off the charts rusty game two much better activity level was good his defensive level you could see what he would bring you on those switches versus what Jarrell brought you you know he was physical he did did a lot of good things at some outside shots you know there were there were there were a lot of things that you like about him uh and, and alongside Chandler Parsons it's a it's a physically you know Parsons is long and, uh, you know, Jermichael Green is more physical and a little quicker. You could do some things with, with that as a, as a tandem group out there. That's a positive for, for the Grizzlies. So it wasn't all negative, uh, even though things, you know, certainly did not go very well on Saturday. There are some things that you can, you can build on. They've got to get better at the point of attack. Too many times Mario Chalmers got blown by James Ennis got blown by a few times too many times guys just gave up at the point of attack and once that happens it really is a challenge to do anything defensively at that point because everybody is scrambling and once once that happens they've got to communicate better particularly against Portland you know how dangerous they can be you have to communicate you have to to switch properly if you're going to go through that, you have to, to maintain your integrity in those situations, and that has been a real challenge for the Grizzlies thus far. They've got to make it better because if you start to get down and you slide down this rabbit hole of a losing streak, you would hope that Dallas on Wednesday at FedEx Forum would be a yeah, that's that's like your your buffer right there. That's a worst case scenario. That's kind of your firewall. You feel very good about that, even though I know Dallas did beat the Grizzlies in Dallas, but y- y- you saw what happened afterwards, and you know how good that Dallas team is, which is not very. Then you go on the road, take on Denver, back home for Brooklyn. Certainly, the 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 two home games after Portland tonight. You've got to win both of them because the road games are uh, extremely tricky. I mean, look at look at the games after that. You've got at Denver, of course, on Friday, then at San Antonio uh, next Wednesday, then the home gaming at San Antonio and that little home and home stretch. Then you go to Cleveland. Who knows what Cleveland's going to look like at that point? Uh, they've been struggling, but you still come on. It's it's Cleveland. It's LeBron. It's tough. Then home against Minnesota. And uh, been back on the road against the uh, lively New York Knicks, then Toronto, then OKC, uh, then Miami. You know, at Washington, it's th- this next stretch is uh, is going to be really, really telling. And you're probably going to do the majority of it, possibly all of it, without Mike Conley, which means the rotations have to tighten up. You got to find the right mix of guys. And you have to solve these communication issues ASAP 
or else all those quality teams that are on your schedule coming up in the next three weeks are going to get you, and you're going to be well under 500 when Mike Conley does come back. Now the season has changed a little bit. It's a time when you've got to get it together and you got to keep your head. You may not be way above water, but you got to at least be close by the time Conley comes back, so then you can make uh, a push. That's the challenge for David Fisdale. We'll see uh, how they manage it. We'll see how they respond tonight against Portland uh, at FedEx Forum. Uh, should be, if nothing else, a very interesting game to watch. Thanks to all of you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Please feel free to shoot me a note. Uh, I love getting those uh, the, those messages from you, and uh, I will answer your uh, your emails here in the next day or two kind of depends on the the schedule with thanksgiving and all of that but please feel free to shoot me an email uh, p edmiston at gmail.com that's p e d m i s t o n at gmail.com or on twitter at peter edmiston thank you for the follow thank you for subscribing to the podcast rating it all those things that you do to support it thank you to the Locked On Podcast Network. Hope you guys have a great Monday. We'll talk to you tomorrow here on Locked On Grizzlies.